Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Member by Avram Goldar, and today we're Mizekros Rosh Hashanah Daf Lamed Gimel, the fourth parak Yantav. Mizekros Rosh Hashanah has been generously sponsored as a schus for Chai Bas Esther. Before we begin the show, I want to remind you of the upcoming Grand Chizik event taking place Sunday, November twenty-first in Passaic, New Jersey, celebrating the Siyum of Mizekros Rosh Hashanah and reaching the twenty-five percent of Shas milestone. My partner Barry Leibowitz and myself are looking forward to meeting you and sharing with you what will truly be. An unforgettable experience. So for more information, please email info at zichru.com. So the three types we're going to focus on. Number one, the Mishnah Daf Lamed Beis Amad Beis stated, We do not restrain the children from blowing the shofar. The Gemara says that the Mishnah implies, But we do restrain women from blowing. Now this conflicts with the brights of the Tav that we do not restrain women from blowing shofar in Rosh Hashanah. Abai answered that there's no kasha. The Tana of the Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda who holds that since women are not chayv in Tekiyah shofar, they're forbidden to do it. Whereas the Bryce is the view of Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon who hold that although women are not obligated to blow, they need not be restrained from doing so. The more brings up Bryce that demonstrates that they disagree whether women have an option of performing a mitzvah in which they're not chayv. It was taught regarding doing smicha on a carbon, Dabre of Bnei Yisrael, speak to Bnei Yisrael. He shall lean his hands upon the head of an Ola. Yudah says, B'nei Yisrael somchin ve'en b'nos Yisrael somchos. Only B'nei Yisrael do smicha, not b'nos Yisrael. Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon say, Nashim somchos v'shus, women have the option to do smicha if they so desire. Point number two, the next Mishnah states, Shir trua k'shalosh yababos. The length of a trua is like three whimpers. The Gemara notes that this conflicts with the price of the tot. Shir trua k'shalosh shvarim. The length of a trua is like three shvarim, which she explains are broken blast segments, which are longer than whimpers. Abai said that the disagreement is based on the following point, for it's written, Yom Trua Yilachem, a day of Trua sounding shall be for you. And the Targum renders this, Yom Yavavi Yehilachon, a day of Yavava sounding shall be for you. And it's written regarding Sisra's mother, Barachalon Nishkafa Vitiyavev Em Sisra, through the window she looked and she cried Vitiyavev Sisra's mother. The Malchokas is regarding what type of crying this is. The town of the Brysel was that Yavava is Ganuche Ganach, a reference to moaning, and therefore describes it as Shvaring. The Tan of our Mishnah holds that Yavava is Yehuliyelel, a reference to sobbing, and therefore describes a trua as a series of short whimpers. And point number three is taught in a brace of Menayin Shibashofer, from where do we derive that the trua blast of Rosh Hashanah must be sounded with a shofar? From this, the Torah states, Regadim Kippur of Yovel, V'havart the shofar trua, you shall sound the shofar blast of trua. I have so far only derived that a shofar is used on Yom Kippur of Yovel, from where do I derive that on Rosh Hashanah too? It's a shofar that is sounded. The Torah therefore states in that Pasuk, B'chodesh Hashvi, in the seventh month. Now, what was the purpose of stating that when we know that Yom Kippur occurs in the month of Tishrei? Shukot Trua Shal Chodeshvi Zekazet. It's to teach that all the true blasts of the seventh month should be alike. On Rosh Hashanah, as on Yom Kippur and Yovel, the true should be sounded with the shofar. So once again, the three points are number one, the Mishan Daf Lamed Beis Amad Beis stated, in Ma'akmin Esatinokas Melisko, we do not restrain the children from blowing the shofar. The Gemara says that the Mishnah implies Hanashi Ma'akmin, but we do restrain women from blowing. Now this conflicts with the Bryce of the Tat, that we do not restrain women from blowing shofar on Rosh Hashanah. Abai answered that there is no kasha. The Tana of the Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that since women are not chayv and tekiya shofar, they are forbidden to do it. Whereas the Bryce is the view of Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Shimon, who hold that although women are not obligated to blow, they need not be restrained from doing so. The Gemara brings a Bryce that demonstrates that they disagree whether women have an option of performing a mitzvah in which they're not chayv. It was taught regarding doing smicha on a carbon, Dabriel b'nei Yisrael, speak to b'nei Yisrael, he shall lean his hands upon the head of an ola. Rabbi Yudah says, B'nei Yisrael somchin ve'en b'nei Yisrael somchos. Only b'nei Yisrael do smicha, not b'nei Yisrael. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon say, Nashim somchos v'shus. 
women have the option to do smicha if they so desire. Pointing to the next Mishnah states, Shir Trua Kashal Shibabas. The length of a Trua is like three whimpers. The Gemara notes that this conflicts with the price of the Tat. Shir Trua Shvarim. The length of a Trua is like three Shvarim, which Rashi explains are broken blast segments which are longer than whimpers. Abai said that the disagreement is based on the following point, for it's written, Yom Trua Yelachem, a day of Trua sounding shall be for you. And the Targum renders this, Yom Yavaba Yehilachon, a day of Yavaba sounding shall be for you. And it's written regarding Sisra's mother, Badachalon Nishkava B'tiyabeb Em Sisra, through the window she looked, and she cried B'tiyabeb Sisra's mother. The Malchokas is regarding what type of crying this is. The town of the Bariza holds that Yavaba is Gunuchiganach, a reference to moaning, and therefore describes it as Shvarim. The town of Armishna holds that Yavaba is Yeluyalil, a reference to sobbing, and therefore describes the Trua as a series of short whimpers. And point number three, was talking to Bryson, Menayin Shibashofer, and where do we derive that the Trua blast of Rosh Hashanah must be sounded with a shofar? From this, the Torah states regarding Yom Kippur of Yovel, Vavart the shofar Trua, you shall sound the shofar blast of Trua. I have so far only derived that a shofar is used on Yom Kippur of Yovel. From where do I derive that on Rosh Hashanah, too? It's a shofar that sounded. The Torah therefore states, in that Pasuk, B'chodesh Hashvi, in the seventh month. Now, what was the purpose of stating that when we know that Yom Kippur occurs in the month of Tishrei? It's to teach that all the true blasts of the seventh month should be alike. On Rosh Hashanah, as on Yom Kippur and Yovel, the true should be sounded with a shofar. All right, so now we go to our Simmer Davlamid Gimel, and our standard Simmer is a peg leg pirate, a peg leg pirate. So here goes. The peg-legged pirate who grabbed the shofar away from his wife heard what sounded like a moaning or whimpering sound coming from his mother-in-law's window, who sent back a note that he better get ready to hear some more true blast from the shofar the entire seventh month. Once again, it's a motion. The peg-legged pirate, peg-legged pirate, that must be more in Duff, Lamed Gimel. The peg-legged pirate who grabbed the shofar away from his wife, which reminds us, there's a machokas whether a woman should be restrained from blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. This hinges on the broader machokas between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon, whether women have an option of performing a mitzvah in which they're not chayv, which is brought down with regard to doing smicha on a carbon. So the peg-legged pirate who grabbed the shofar away from his wife heard what sounded like a moaning or whimpering sound coming from his mother-in-law's window, which reminds us the Mishnah states the shear of a trua is kashol shavavos, and there's a machokas based on the weeping of sister's mother whether a Yavava is like a moaning sound, which would be three Shavarim, or more like a series of short whimpers. So the peg-like pirate who grabbed the shofar away from his wife heard what sounded like a moaning or whimpering sound coming from his mother-in-law's window, who sent back a note that he'd better get ready to hear similar tour blasts from a shofar the entire seventh month. Which reminds us that the source that a shofar is used to sound the truism of Rosh Hashanah is one from the Pasuk regarding blowing a shofar on the Yom Kippur of Yovel. The unnecessary words B'chodesh Shashvi come to teach that all the true blasts of the seventh month should be alike. On Rosh Hashanah, as on Yom Kippur and Yovel, the true should be sounded with a shofar. So once again, the peg-leg pirate who grabbed the shofar away from his wife heard what sounded like a moaning or whimpering sound coming from his mother-in-law's window who sent back a note that he better get ready to hear a similar tour blast from a shofar the entire seventh month. All right, now it's time for a four-blah-bah So the similar Duff Chavtes is a cot. So here goes. The man sitting on the cot, cot, that must be more in Duff Chavtes. The man sitting on the cot with his arms raised in the air, which reminds me, going from Moshe raising his hands in Mohammed with a Malik, that calls Mansha Yisrael Mustak and Klape Malas, so long as Yisrael gazed upward, and subjugate their heart to their Father in Heaven, they would prevail, but if not, they would fall. The same lesson is learned from the Nachash and the Choshes that was placed on a pole, so that those afflicted in the plague would look up to Avihem Shemayim. So, the man sitting on the cot with his arms raised in the air was surrounded by Kohanim and Levim, who'd gathered to listen to the blowing of the shofar, which reminds us that it was necessary for the town to teach 
that Kohanim Levim are chayv in Tekiyah Shofar. For if he had not done so, you might have said that since we learned in the Mishnah, Shabbat Yovel Rosh Hashanah, Tekiyah Brachos, the laws of the Yovel year are identical to the laws of Rosh Hashanah with regard to the blowing and the Habrachos, only someone who's subject to Yovel in its entirety is chayv in the Tekiyahs of Rosh Hashanah. But Kohanim and Levim, since they're not subject to the laws of Yovel year in its entirety, since Kohanim Levim may sell their property at any time and may redeem it at any time, we would say that they're not obligated to miss the Kiyah Shofar and Rosh Hashanah. Kamashmon, the Tana therefore informs us that they are indeed Chayev. So the man sitting on the cot with his arms raised in the air was surrounded by Kohanim and Levim who gathered to listen to the blowing of the Shofar that the head of Basin said to blow on Shabbos. Which reminds us of how Rabbi Yochan ben Zakai instantly blowing the Shofar by Basin in Yavda on Shabbos after the Churban of Bayasheni. He told the Bnei Ben Sarah that they should blow and then they'll deliberate. And after it was blown, he said, the horn has been heard on Shabbos and Yavna and one should not refute Basin after the deed has been done. But she explains that if they now forbid blowing even in Basin, people will say their blowing was done in error, which will expose them to ridicule. Daf Lamed. So the Simon Daf Lamed is a Malamed, a Rebbe. So here goes. The Rebbe, Rebbe. That must be more Daf Lamed, Malamed. The Rebbe, who was waiting with his Talmudim to listen to the shofar blowing on Shabbos outside of Basin... Which reminds us, the Mishnah Daf Chavtes on the base brought him across the garden of Yochum and Zakai's enactment of blowing the shofar on Shabbos after the Chorban. Rabbi Leza said he only enacted blowing the shofar in Yavne, and the Chami said to him that he instituted both for Yavne and for any place in which there's a basin. Rav Huna said the Im Basin, and the blowing must be done with basin. The first version of Rav Huna's statement explains that Im Basin means in the presence of basin. The mere existence of a basin in a city is not an adequate deterrent to prevent people from carrying the shofar under Shus of Rabim on Shabbos. So the Rebbe was waiting with his Talmudim to listen to the shofar blowing on Shabbos outside of Basin, decided to do something as a Zechel of Mikdash, which, which reminds us when the base of Mikdash was destroyed, when Yochum and Zakai instituted that they would be taken the provinces all seven days of Sukkot, Zechel of Mikdash, as a remembrance of the base of Mikdash. The Gemara brings a source that we're bidden to make a Zechel of Mikdash from the Pasuk, Tzion hi Dorsh Einla, saying, she is Tzion, there is none who seek her. From the words Dorsh Einla, there is none who seek her, Nikol, the boy Drisha. It's implied that she requires seeking. So the Rebbe was waiting with his Talmud to listen to the Shofar blowing on Shabbos, Outside of Basin, designed to do something as a Zechel Mikdash. So he held a class discussion if the Levim should sing the Shir Shalyom if any of the Chodesh are delayed in coming. Which reminds us, the next mission states, Rishonim the coming Ainus the Chodesh Yom originally accepted Ainus the Chodesh all day. It once occurred that the witnesses were delayed in coming, and he's called the Levim Bashir, and the Levim went awry in the singing the daily Shir. Consequently, the coming instant of the Basin should only accept Adim until the Mincha, referring to the afternoon Tamid, and if they came from Mincha onward on Rosh Hashanah, they would observe that day and the following day as holy. The Gemara asked them which way did the Levim go awry. In Babel they explained Shul Amr Shira called Iker, that the Levim did not recite a Shira at all. Rabbi Zerah and Eretz Yisrael said, Shamr Shira Shochol in Tamid Shol Ben Arbain, that they recited the weekday Shira with the afternoon Tamid. Daf Lamedalv, so the similar Daf Lamedalv is the law and we use a judge. So here goes. The judge, judge, that must be Daf Lamedalv, law. The judge, who sang the Shir Shalyom as he entered the courtroom, which reminds us that we have a rights that teaches why each Shir Shalyom was chosen. So the judge who sang the Shir Shalyom as he entered the courtroom suddenly stopped when he looked at the weather-beaten defendant who had survived ten exiles all the way into the wilderness, which reminds us that we learned about the Esther Masaos, the ten journeys that the Shekhinah took as it went to exile during the destruction of Bayez Rishon, and correspondingly the Sanhedrin was exiled ten exiles during the destruction of Bayez so the judge who sang the Shir Shalyom as he entered the courtroom suddenly stopped when he looked at the weather-beaten defendant who had survived ten exiles all the way into the wilderness, only to be put on trial because he ascended the duch and wearing sandals in violation of one of nine tekanas. Which reminds Rabbi Yochum and Zakai enacted nine tekanas, the eighth one being Kohanim are not permitted to ascend the duch in their sandals for Birchus Kohanim. 
The Gemara and Sota explains that this was instant because of the concern that people might sit down during Birchus Kwanif to tie a loose strap, and people might suspect him of refraining from reciting the bracha because of a psul in his yichus. Daflam base. So the similar Daflam base is a mad scientist in a lab. So here goes. The mad scientist in a lab, mad scientist in a lab, that must be Daf Lama base. The mad scientist in a lab trying to program a Rosh Hashanah congruence brain so that every memory would be accompanied with the thought of a king, which reminds us, the more brings the source for the brachas of Malchus, Zikrons, and Shofros. Regarding Malchus, Rabbi Yosef Bar-Yudah said, the Pasuk states, and they shall be a remembrance for you before your God. It is seemingly unnecessary to state afterwards, I am Hashem, your God, why is it to our state at Zebanah? This creates the source for the following principle. For every place that the psukim of remembrance are stated, psukim of Malchias should accompany them. So the mad scientist in the lab trying to program a Rosh Hashanah congruent's brain so that every memory should be accompanied with the thought of a king recite Tempsukim into his ears, which reminds us we have a number of Pshatim regarding what do the Tempsukim of Malchias correspond to. Either the Ten Hilulim in Psalm 150, or the Assessor Dibros, or the Assar Mamaros that the world was created with. So the mad scientist in the lab trying to program a Rosh Hashanah brain so that every memory would be accompanied with the thought of a king, recite Tempsukim into his ears, but refrain from singing Hallel, given the seriousness of the day, which reminds us Hallel is not reciting Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur because the Kosh Baruch who said to the Malchai Asharis, is it possible that the Malchai is sitting on the Kisei Din and the Sifri Chaim and Sifri Mason are open before him that the Jews should recite song? All right, so that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Golov Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.